Hello, everybody. Audience reminder. If you had invented Oscar Watch, you'd have invented Oscar Watch. The podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and I also invented Oscar Watch. And joining me, as always, the one, the only, Amy Thomason. Amy, how are you doing this week? Hello. I am back into my reality. I got to spend an amazing week up in New York City, and I'm jealous of anybody who gets to live there or visit there more than I do, because it's a really special place. It is. It's a really special place, and I'm still kind of on a high. Sometimes I feel like I don't live in the city, because I am in my little world of Brooklyn. And when we, folks, when we refer to the city, we of course refer to Manhattan, although stuff does happen in Brooklyn, but I actually don't get to the city all that often. I'm glad you had a good time. You heard you saw a show? Saw Denzel? Uh, the Iceman Cometh. Very nice. How was it? Three hours and 50 minutes, and it did not feel like it. Oof, I don't know. That's that, All right, good, good. I'm not, I, I kid you not. I had read it. I've studied it. I was a theater major, so I knew what to expect. My husband went in, like, cold. Knew nothing about it except that it was famous. And he's like, are you freaking kidding me? It's a four-hour play. There's no way I'm going to be awake. Edge of our seats. Oh, yeah. So good. And the actor David Morse is also in it. Oh, and he's amazing. And Bill Irwin. I know. He's like, he played Brutal in The Green Mile. I love this guy. I'm like, he was also the worst person ever in Dancer in the Dark by Lois Von Trier. Oh. Which so. we can, we'll always always come back to at some point around Love hey everybody uh well let's see happy end of passover what up glad you uh glad you made it through this week on the podcast it is another stop in 2010 we are of course for your reconsideration ing the david fincher directed best picture nominee the social network uh, directed by David Fincher, written by Aaron Sorkin, based on the book The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrich. Terrible title, by the way. I just got to throw that out there. It's a terrible, terrible title. Social Network, way better title. Starring Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Rooney Mara, Brenda Strong, Justin Timberlake, Max Minhella, Army Hammer, and Army Hammer. Uh, Amy Thompson, what is your familiarity with this movie? I did not see it in the theater when it came out. I think I saw it at my friend's house after the Academy Awards. So I was kind of like half paying attention because I was watching it with like six other people. Mm -hmm. And I, my initial reaction was, okay, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Jesse Eisenberg is one of those like Amy movie repellents. Like if he's in it, I can't even like he just it's like nails on a chalkboard. I don't know why, but. Okay. I sort of have an irrational dislike for him. So I was like, ugh, he's in it. Yuck, never. And then I watched it again, and then I was like, okay, this is actually a really good movie. Right. And I bought it on Amazon, and I watch it frequently because nice. it makes me laugh. Does, uh, does the fact that you don't like Jesse Eisenberg, that you find him repellent, work to his favor in this movie? It definitely, definitely does. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's a movie of... Uh, Complicated and difficult people, for sure. Uh, in 2010, I saw this movie, God knows how many times, in theater. Uh, probably at least three. I remember one very cold night in November or December. I hoofed it across Prospect Park just to go to the movie theater with my roommate at the time. Like, we are going to see this movie. 
fucking loved it. It was great. Uh, it uh, it's um, it's a movie that uh, you know we we were looking at the slate that we had coming up and going, oh, what should we do? What should we do? Right, we're hanging out in 2010. We should get to the social network. And lo and behold, of course, it is a bit more relevant. And I was trying to look at watch this movie and see if there was anything maybe that we could hint as to why things are the way they are with the whole Cambridge Analytica thing. And I believe Eisen, uh, Eisenberg, Zuckerberg uh, is testifying before Congress or has testified before Congress by the time this podcast has come out. And I got to say, and you know, it, you know what? All of this, all of this nonsense and all these shenanigans do not surprise me. Having watched this movie, you just go, yeah, yeah of course. If this is anywhere close to the reality, and we'll discuss that, then clearly Zuckerberg was is up to all of this, all of the stuff he's been accused of and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So it's uh, it's been it's a fascinating movie. It was a fascinating movie then because social media was just blowing up and it was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the next. It, it, it is the next thing. It was supposed to save us. It was the, this gr- the greatest thing to happen to the internet since the internet. And now, eight years later, we can kind of go, well, yes, but there is all of this other baggage that has come with it. And a lot of that may or may not have to do with the founder of Facebook, Mr. Mark Zuckerberg, who is portrayed in this movie wonderfully by uh, by Jesse Eisenberg. The film was nominated for a whole bunch of Academy Awards that year. It was. It was. Walked home with a few, and we're going to take a short break and talk about those when we return. Uh, thank you. It's impossible to describe what it feels like to be handed the same award that was given to Patty Chayefsky 35 years ago for another movie with network in the title. His was an original screenplay. Uh, This is an adaptation of a book by Ben Mesrick, so I'm accepting this on his behalf as well. Uh, There are a lot of people who've worked hard in my corner for a long time, and it seems like the right moment to thank them. My assistant, Lauren Lohman, my researcher, Ian Reichback, my long-suffering press rep, uh, Joy Feely, and all the women of Prime, Rich Heller, Bill Tanner, Andy Forshea, my agents, Ari Emanuel and Jason Spitz, who never blow my cover and reveal that I would happily do this for free. <laughs> and my mom and dad, who made a life for me where I get to be a part of nights like this. I wrote this movie, but David Fincher made this movie, and he did it with an ungodly artfulness. Someone this talented has no business being the nicest guy in the world, but he is. Uh, and he made the movie of any screenwriter's dreams. He had help from Amy Pascal, Michael Linton, and everyone at Sony, whose only mandate was to make it good. From Dana Brunetti, Sion Chafin, uh, Mike DeLuca, and America's best living film producer, Scott Rudin. And from Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Justin Timberlake, Army Hammer, Army Hammer again, Rashida Jones, Rooney Mara, and a cast and crew that followed their leader's example that good enough was never good enough. Uh, This movie is going to be a source of pride for me every day for the rest of my life. That is an unrepayable gift. All I can say is thank you. Roxy Sorkin, your father just won the Academy Award. I'm going to have to insist on some respect from your guinea pig. Thank you very much. The Social Network picked up eight nominations at the 83rd Academy Awards that year. Went home with three wins. Amy, what were those wins? Best Adapted Screenplay for one Mr. Aaron Sorkin. 
mm-hmm. best film editing and best score, which was Trent Reznor and some other guy whose name I don't remember. At, Atticus, right? Ross. Yeah. Atticus Ross. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it is great to say Academy Award winner Trent Reznor. Uh, I cannot argue with any of those wins. Especially, like The score and screenplay obviously get a lot of the lion's share of credit. Mm-hmm. The editing is very, very good. I am curious to see how much of that is, how much of the way they play with time mm-hmm. is in the script itself and how much was done afterwards Mm -hmm. but fincher does have a great uh, eye for reactions and the way he uh the way he films things that uh it really the the movie it's it hums along better than a four-hour version of the iceman cometh Uh, and i'm and i'm you know and and, which is not to say that the four-hour version of the iceman cometh but a two-hour aaron sorkin movie like this it feels like it's a five. It feels like a short film because you're just so into it. Really it really does, it. especially since there's three stories going on. Yeah, and there's they and they the don't with and, his buddy. There's the thing with the I have to say the Winklevi, and the then there's yeah. the whole backstory, and it's all just yeah, yeah, and, 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 effort, but not too fast that it's confusing. Exactly, exactly. It's 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 uh, David Fincher is a master filmmaker. And this is masterful filmmaking. He's got, he's got, you know, Hitchcock said, what do you need to make a good movie? It's the script, the script, the script. And you got Aaron Sorkin. Chances are you got a really good script there. And we'll talk more about him uh, in a bit. Uh, What were the other five nominations for The Social Network? Best Picture. Obviously. Best Actor for Jesse Eisenberg, which despite the fact that he makes me want to like jam a fork in my eye he really did deserve it so mazel tov to jesse eisenberg (laughs) director david fincher cinematography and sound mixing yes you know what i feel like this movie should have gotten more you know why the supporting actors where's andrew garfield where where's army hammer where's army where's army hammer where's other army hammer like what i was i was watching this and going percent both of them i was watching so 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 it's so they take it's Army Hammer playing both the Winklevoss twins. It's not in it, he's so it's an amazing technical achievement first first and foremost. And he does them different enough. I can never tell which one's which, but I know that there is a there are differences in them. One's in, in, impetuous and you know the other one is like, you know, we're gentlemen of Harvard and the fact and all that, that he says gentlemen of Harvard, I'm like, that is everything we it, need to know about your character. Right. And he and he is and he's he looks exactly like the kind of guy that goes to Harvard. I will have to ask my wife that who went to Harvard. Percent. And she could, but she could probably confirm that. The, yeah, the like the Harvard Harvard people are to- totally look like like Army Hammer. And then he then he's in Call Me by Your Name. I'm like, and I'm wondering, what does Army Hammer have to do? To just, what? Why? Even to get a why, nominee? What? Are you? It's like, are you kidding me that he hasn't been nominated yet? Like, did did we really need Christopher Plummer? For, for this year, like, like, sure, it was great. That's a great story. But, but he's like, already oh, won. Oh, he won. It's, yeah, he won. Like, uh, it's 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 madness. Anyways, uh, I, I I feel as though we are missing, you know, to say nothing of Andrew Garfield, oh. who as as Eduardo as Eduardo in this, it, it uh, is great, and you know, introduced the you know, introduced the world to him. It's uh, it's like, come on, 
Oh, come on. I know we're going to get on him later because there's like 8,000 lines and 800 wonderful scenes that he's in that are amazing. Armie Hammer is another one. Every line is great. But again, a lot of that is also Arnold Sorkin. Okay, right. But, but you know, he's certain, but when you say he's the kind of guy that goes to Harvard, I have I graduated with high school with two people that went to Harvard. One of them was a girl, one of them was a guy that was much more of a Jesse Eisenberg than a golden uh, the, boy. And that's Winklevoss. Yeah, the, okay. the Winklevi. When he said that, I I it was one of those I had to pause the movie because I could not stop laughing. Yeah, it it it's it's now it's now I think it's in Urban Dictionary it's, and I'm uh, I I'm sure it's a negative because we uh, all negative know, definition. We all know people like the Winklevi and we do we do. Yeah, God love the, him. Uh, bless as we <laughs> say in South Carolina, bless his heart. Oh yes, with that little you know, um, the race that year was between this and eventual winner King Speech, as we know. Uh, in that episode, which you can find. Uh, I said that this was largely a old school versus new school, and I definitely still hold by that. King's Speech is your more traditional Oscar bait, and the social network works on a meta level because it's about young upstarts upstarting something, and the movie is it's kind of a young upstart in itself trying to upstart the old establishment of the King's Speech. I'm using upstart wrong. I get that. But uh, it it it, wor- it works really well like that, and uh, I will spoil or I will stick by my original assessment from King's Speech. You'll have to go back and listen to that, or just keep on listening to here. Uh, despite being one of the most well-known screenwriters in Hollywood, I think if, if there are but a handful of folks that people could name uh, in terms of screenwriters. J.J. Abrams probably one of them. Aaron Sorkin is the other one. This uh, this this movie was in fact uh, Aaron Sorkin's first Oscar nod and his first win. Uh, since then, he's been nominated twice. Uh, the next year for Moneyball, excellent movie, and uh, this past year for Molly's Game, which was also his directorial debut. He is of course well known for The West Wing, Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip, and uh, The Newsroom. But mostly for the West Wing. But he uh, he did write a couple of um, a few a good, good men. He wrote a few good men. Oh my god! Which we, is we, we one of those them. when it's on TV, I will put everything aside and I will watch it. And I have taken it upon myself to memorize almost every monologue from that film because it is so and good. It's, and it's all and it's all monologue. And uh, we had you know what? the same thing happened to us the uh, maybe a month or two ago. We we're like just flipping through, wondering like we're, it's time between shows. Like oh, a few good men's on. It was the end, and we're like, "Well, we gotta watch this now." It's courtroom scene; can't handle the truth. You're like, "This is this is great." He also wrote the American President, uh, a wonderful movie with Michael Douglas, and one uh, of my mother's favorite movies. I'm not kidding you. Aaron Sorkin and my mother are like inextricably linked because if Aaron Sorkin wrote it, literally, I'm like, "Mom, you have to watch it," and it becomes her favorite thing. She loves the newsroom. Weston was one of her favorite shows. Loves a few. My dad really likes a few good men too, though. And yeah, it's, uh, a, it's it's a it's a guy movie, you know. It's like it lawyers, is. You military. Watch it, and you watch it now, and you're like, yeah, you know what? Nicholson plays kind of an asshole in it, but in some ways, he's kind of right. He's kind of right. Yeah, and also, I'm looking at Tom Cruise. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this kid is this kid 
is so young. It's like 1991, 92, something like that. And you just, I'm just amazed at how young Tom Cruise is. Like, I wouldn't want him defending me. Would go back (laughs) to making those kinds of movies and stop doing only action movies. He was great in A Few Good Men, Rain Man, Magnolia, Jerry Maguire. Tom Cruise, if you're listening, which you're not, go back to doing that stuff. You do it really, really well. Tom Cruise, don't listen to her. Keep making, keep making Mission Impossible movies. I am so, I am so excited for Mission Impossible Fallout. You have no no idea. It looks amazing. I can't. I I know. I I saw this before when I saw Annihilation. Yeah, well, uh, so that uh, that is that is the Academy Award legacy for the Social Network Best Adapted Screenplay. As you will, you may remember, and you probably heard when Sorkin accepted that. Who did he name drop? Amy. I'm guessing Another... our boy. Who's our boy? Why can't I think of Chayefsky? Yeah, he there you to, go. is the greatest ever, next to Billy Wilder. Thank you. There you go. Yes. I don't well, know you why know, I Patty, can't Patty, his Patty, name. Pat, I don't know. That's so weird. How could I forget you, his name? My you just drop his name like it's nothing all the time. Marty and Network. My God. Yes, and Network. You know, you know, they each won for writing a movie with the word Network in it. So, oh. I, I bet you know, I bet Sorkin was so happy about that. Oh. So and there you have it. now Sorkin, Sorkin, you just need yeah. Sorkin, you just need two more now, two more to tie, just to tie your your boy. Your boy. So good luck. Keep going at it. I hear great things about Molly's game, and I will I will check that out eventually. But in the meantime, we're, we're here to discuss over this the movie social network. <laughs> yes, we're here to discuss the social network after this short break. I expressed my doubts about the site, where it stood with graphics, how much programming was left that I had not anticipated. The lack of hardware we had to deal with, the site use, the lack of promotion that would go on to successfully launch the website. This was the first time you raised any of those concerns, right? I'd raised concerns before. Bullshit. Not to us. Gentlemen, I'm talking about at the meeting in January to which this letter is referring. Yeah. Let me rephrase this. You sent my client 16 emails. In the first 15, you didn't raise any concerns. Is that a question? In the 16th email, you raised concerns about the site's functionality. Were you leading them on for six weeks? No. Then why didn't you raise any of these concerns before? It's raining. I'm sorry? It just started raining. Mr. Zuckerberg, do I have your full attention? No. Do you think I deserve it? What? Do you think I deserve your full attention? I had to swear an oath before we began this deposition, and I don't want to perjure myself, so I have a legal obligation to say no. Okay, no. You don't think I deserve your attention? I think if your clients want to sit on my shoulders and call themselves tall, they have a right to give it a try, but there's no requirement that I enjoy sitting here listening to people lie. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. The rest of my attention is back at the offices of Facebook, where my colleagues and I are doing things that no one in this room, including and especially your clients, are intellectually or creatively capable of doing. Did I adequately answer your condescending question? Amy, it's been eight years. Do catch us up on what the social network is all about. Mark Zuckerberg uh, creates Facebook with his good friend... Eduardo Saverin and Mayhem ensues. No, just kidding. Um, when in doubt, Mayhem ensues. That's another one. Mayhem ensues. 
Uh, he ends up getting sued by his friend, Mr. Saverin, and the Winklevoss twins, and that's sort of the what gets the movie going. It, is the two lawsuits that are going on. Yes. All right, and uh, let's let's start there with the the structure of the film. So there are three storylines going on. There is the uh, creation. Uh, we'll say the creation myth of how uh, Facebook got started, which uh, lays the seed for the first lawsuit, or one of the lawsuits, which is between Zuckerberg and the Winklevi, played by Army Hammer and Army Hammer, and that other guy whose name I can't Narenda. Yeah, Divian Narenda, yeah. played played by the uh, the uh, excellent Max Minghel. Uh That's that's the one because they they claim. Rightfully so. Uh, let's be let's be clear about this: that Zuckerberg stole stole their idea, and then the 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 other lawsuit between Eduardo and Zuck and Zuck, because Zuck, with the counsel of the wonderful and talented Justin Timberlake, screwed his friend out of thirty like thirty percent of the company, basically a lot a yes, lot of money, 30, and that's and that's percent. And then they diluted all the shares. And they diluted all the shares in great in great business talk. And what I what is what is great about both the screenplay and the direction here is that it starts off basically with this uh, the scene at Harvard with uh, between uh, Rooney Mara and, and and Zuckerberg. And we're going to come back to that, but it takes place all in two thousand three thereabouts. And then suddenly it cuts to this deposition, and you never. F- I, at least I, I never once felt confused by any of this. It, uh, it has this way of holding your hand just so, so that you never are confused by where or really when you are. And that is a really hard thing to do. And if a movie isn't handled properly, especially like this, when you're jumping back and forth between multiple timelines at different times... And multiple depositions, multiple he's sitting around a table with a bunch of lawyers. Right. That would very easily become confusing. Right. And and, and not only that, like some of the depositions refer to a previous deposition that we just see. And what what uh, and that where the editing win certainly comes in is by making it very clear. Because this is still it's still, you know, point A to point B. You're still telling a story, but instead of just starting from A and then going to B and then C and then D. You go to A and then you D and you're back to A and then you jump to C and then B and then D and you, then you go back to A to give everything everything a little bit of context because this is how people are describing what happened. And, and it's not just a flashback either. No, no. It's, like. it's, it wasn't like now they're in the deposition and now we're going to tell the whole story and then it's the end and then there's justice or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like everything is con- running concurrently. Yes. A lot. Like like time has been time has folded back in on itself, and we can just sort of jump in and out as things are happening. And this one, I and I just I just I have found myself being more interested in uh, not just the story they're t- uh, a movie is telling, but how it is telling it. And playing with time is a great way to uh, affect affect the uh, affect your feelings and uh, and uh, and judgments on a particular situation because sometimes you see the out you know the outcome of a situation before the situation even happens which makes mm-hmm. the situation happening kind of a, it's tense in a different way 
and the social network is uh, great at uh, at folding back in on itself and making you and 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 allowing it allows itself to skip over some of the bits so you can get to what the movie is saying, but how the characters think that it was said. Lines that sometimes seem like throwaway lines. But then when they come back around later, you're like, oh, yes. One thing that I liked about it is when you asked me to summarize it, yes, it deals with a lot of topical ideas, like Mm -hmm. now on the Facebook, and could we see Mark Zuckerberg doing this? But there's also these universal themes, and it's not one of those universal themes where it's the rise and fall of someone because it's not a rise and a fall. It's a rise and a, what do you think? Right. Because as much as, and I'm going to kind of jump all the way to the end of the movie with something that I love. I love the fact that the end of the movie is him waiting for a friend request from the girl from the first scene of the movie. Right. And it says on the bottom, it says Mark Zuckerberg is the youngest billionaire in the world, which you think is like big triumph. Yay. Like big triumph. But yet the look on his face. while it says that is not one of happiness or triumph. And I thought that is why this is a brilliant film. Right. And actually that's it. Um, yeah, you you hit upon. It's so dubious. Uh, you, is he successful? We could have a three-hour-long podcast. And was he successful? In what ways was he successful? Right. I mean, he was clearly successful financially. But what I love about this movie is that it wastes no fucking time at all telling you what this movie is about. The very first scene between the just beautifully written scene between Jesse Eisenberg and Rooney Mara. It's such an Aaron Sorkin scene. It's, it's such an Aaron Sorkin, but it such tells you it tells you everything you need to know about this guy. He is he is Woody Allen from Annie Hall with a with mad fucking computer skills. Like he's not like he like he's you know outside of the clubs. He doesn't want to be a part of any club. But yeah, like Alvy's like, like, charming. Mark, Mark is not. So, but in, Mark can make his own club where he is not not only a member, but he is also running the joint. But, uh, but that's what, not what he wanted at the beginning of the. But film. no, no, no. Yeah. Well, okay. But but what he want? What he wanted? What he always wanted? What all of this was all about? What Harvard connection was all about? What Facebook? What what basically anything? that a guy ever does, especially when he's young, 20-something, it is all for a girl. And it, what, it, what Facebook basically is, it's a way of impressing girls and just trying to get this, this girl that he lost, that he drove away because he was an asshole. Like, plain and simple, he was an and asshole. And I love that she says that. You're going to think, when, I, when, I, when I'm about to break up with you, you're going to think that girls don't like you because you're small and you're awkward and you're kind of a nerd. nerd. It's not because of any of those things. It's just because you're an asshole. Exactly, exactly. And so it starts with him and losing a girl. And what does he girl. do? He acts like a gigantic asshole. Yes, like, yeah, because you know he's not. But you know he's not, he's not, he's not an is he an asshole? But he's certainly trying to be one, as 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 Rashida Jones says. And so the movie begins with Zuck losing a girl, and it ends with Zuck 
trying to get that girl back, which is... Do you ever find out... I always wanted to know this. Do we ever find out if she accepts his friend request? Nope. Nope. It's just, it's just, okay. it's just him. It's just him waiting. It's just... It, it, with that Beatles, so, with that great Beatles song. With, yeah. With, oh, I, which is going to be on, on this, on this come hell or high water. I, I, yeah, it's... And like, and, 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 and all through, all throughout uh, the film, it's really about, it's kind of about getting, it's, it's really been about getting girls. Like really, like well and truly, that's why, that's why we, that's why we do things. If we did, if it, if it weren't for women, like we would just not do, and we'd just get around all day. I would say even more than that. And in one way, and it's, it's about the status. Yeah. And he hates guys who have the, the status even more than that. That's why he wants to get into the final club. He has the girl at the beginning of the movie. Final it's club. because he's reaching for that higher status and it sort of made me think about kind of jumping back into history yeah, yeah. the exclusivity of those finals clubs and how that can that can drive you forward and it made me think about jfk's father who was always even though he was one of the richest men in america was always on the outskirts mm -hmm. in society in massachusetts even though he was rich when he went to harvard he never got in one of those private clubs because he was Catholic. Right. And so he was like, fuck you. He became a bootleg, made tons and tons of money, and he never interacted with the other people in Cape Cod because he's like, screw you. But it drove him to, I have to get power. I have to make more money. I have to be the best. I have to become president. That didn't happen. It's got to be my one son. One son dies. Then it's got to be JFK. That was his way. That not being accepted into those specifically exclusive clubs in Harvard drove him. Yeah. And the woman was kind of part of that status, but he hates the Winklevoss because they're everything. He's not yeah. at the beginning. She says, why don't you row crew girls like guys who row crew? And he's like, I can't row crew. Like, have you seen me? And then later on when he meets the Winklevoss, what is, what do they say? We have to go to the gym every day. We row crew. They're like nine feet tall. <laughs> they're rich. They're waspy. They're good looking. They're in the porcelain, and mm -hmm. he can't go past the, the mud room. I the, think it the, is the bike room or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so it kind of had to do with the girl. But at the beginning of the movie, he wasn't satisfied. He had he had the beautiful girl, and he's like, "This isn't enough. I right. have to be in something that's the best." Because they're fun and exclusive, and they lead to a better because life. Because they're exclusive, and therefore they're better. And he's insulted when she's like, "What would be the easiest one to get into?" He's like dare you right not not what that's the best one what's the easiest one yeah and it's uh, yes. it's it's great sorkinian dialogue at its finest but uh so you have the winklevoss are set up as this sort of um they're they're, they're set up as the as, as the bad guys the, the as the antagonist but what's great is that in between the outsider of mark and the insider of the winkle the winklevi you have eduardo who gets who gets punched? He gets punched by uh, the Phoenix Club, I think one of the yes. one of the one of the best clubs, for instance. And that is and that is where Mark Zuckerberg's sin comes in. And that is he is a jealous and petty petty man because I all, he has all these little throwaway lines about uh, Eduardo. I like, oh yeah, you know, you're probably just di di diversity higher because you know even I, if you don't of, get in you should be really proud of this accomplishment yeah and it's just all it's all a little like yeah it's, it's like oh like yeah they're friends but like like it doesn't does it surprise anyone when mark tries to screw eduardo out of the money no 
No, because Mark has been jealous of Eduardo because Eduardo, despite all that Mark has created, and he's created this the one of the greatest technological achievements of the 21st century. Let's 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 be clear. This, this great thing he has yes. created, for better or worse, he's still this petty guy who didn't get into the final club, and that he will never ever 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 get over that despite how much money despite how much success despite all of this he never got in and he never will and that will always rub at least movie version of mark the very yes. the very wrong way i don't know what real mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg may have so much money he's like i don't care maybe he actually did buy the porcelain and turned it into his bike room i don't know but movie mark but will... even then he still wouldn't be happy right even then even the, and it's uh, and it's and it that that that's what ma- that's what makes that that final shot and he's the world's youngest billionaire so great because he's just and he's got that look on his face it's yeah, not this, a this this, this, not d- this dumb that, look that just says i'm on the computer and then just and he's not the world. Happy. he's he's not he's not happy he's not happy um so uh we talked about so we talked about we touched on the guys a lot uh oh this is an Aaron Sorkin joint uh, and uh, if we can, des- if I can describe Aaron Sorkin as anything, I would uh, I would paraphrase him. I think Jezebel and say that he is the avatar of white dudes. Uh, let's his 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 dialogue really pops when you got you know he he writes uh, like the the smartest uh, smartest white dude on the planet, and maybe he is, but uh, there is uh, there is some criticism of this film towards its female characters or female lack of characters as it were and uh amy i think you wanted to talk on this so do take it away i did and there's two i want to talk about one thing first and then something later i am not i don't approach every single film through like a feminist lens okay i feel like there doesn't seem to be a lot of women who just Gus films outside of studying it with the feminist lens. Like Lawrence of Arabia, I don't care that there were no women in that movie. It would have made absolutely no sense. Bridge on the River Kwai, who cares? We don't need women in that movie. I get it. So in some places, fine. However, in this film, it pissed me off that, okay, the one girl who, I'll save her for last. I'll save Erica Albrecht for last because then that'll get it to my next point. All of the girls in this movie are stupid and just slutty. And even the ones who are smart, you're like, why are you coming across? And that's all that you have to offer. There's the two Asian girls who like meet Mark Zuckerberg and Saverin and have sex with them in a bathroom at a bar, like right after meeting them. And then there's the 50 shades of great Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson, who is like putting on her underwear when she's introduced, and she's like, "Oh, what's your name again? Do you even know my name?" And then she starts speaking in French. It's like, "Oh, so she goes to Stanford, which I know is a good school, and that she doesn't even know this guy's name." And I'm not a prude, but at the same time, it's like this is all we know about this girl. Right, and plus, and plus, not only her her lack of her not knowing his name is uh, is almost made a punchline because he knows every, he remembers everything 
that she said her. name parents what you know studies what he what she studies because partly because I think he's JT but also because Sorkin is going to be writing all of this through the through, you know you might not be seeing this through a feminist lens but he is writing this through the dominant white dude straight white guy lens and he is like let's he's very good at that but things get you know and it really bothered it, it, me it, 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 it really it, it does it, it is kind of bothersome and it's going going to the uh to uh brenda strong's character the uh, one of the one of the asian girls ends up becoming eduardo's uh girl she's crazy and yeah she becomes it. like that's it she becomes she's crazy. slutty and she's crazy that's it that's all the girl offers right but also at the same time like she's in harvard for a reason like you they don't just accept dumb people or slutty people. They're like, you got to be like really fucking good to get into Harvard. But it's maybe, maybe it is a little bit outside the story, but like there's a scene where she burns the, the scarf that Eduardo uh, got for her that just comes across as uh, ridiculous and just reinforcing this, this uh, stereotype of like the bitches be crazy yes. uh, uh, thing that, like this movie doesn't actually need that. You could have actually cut out the girlfriends, and it would have she been. Didn't, fun. She didn't. That entire character didn't need to be in the, in the movie it, at like, all. Like, like, like it. It does. It like there. there there's a, there's a part where Mark says, "Well, at least you have a girlfriend." Like it, as another sort of like, I'm jealous of the stuff you have. But we also didn't really need this. Like we didn't see Eduardo's internship, or you know, you, they gloss over a lot of things. Like you could have glossed over this uh, this 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 character as well, or at least. Or if you you could have made her at least a little more less psychotic, be, less psychotic, better, a little more like all of these other characters. She really you, you just have... came across as the trope of the crazy bitch. Right. That's it. Yeah. All. all That's all it. Of these, and it all was these sort characters. of like it was sort of a gag, and it was like really, it just seems, it seems beneath what you expect from an Aaron Sorkin film. You know no, what I mean? No, it's, like, no, it's exactly, it's exactly what you're better from. than this. No, no, this is exactly what Aaron Sorkin does. Like he, like he, one of his, one of the West, one of the West wing plots from the first season was, a there's a, uh, Rob Lowe was dating a hooker who had a heart of gold. And Donna, Donna always like came across as this, like, she was just like this woman speaking very male Sorkinian dialogue. It's like, he has a problem with women. And, uh, we overlook that fact because what because the ca- the characters he does write well the uh, the white guys are like he like he has such great dialogue you're like I, I can almost forgive you but you know there are times you have to you, we do have to do look at, we have to look at this especially now in this day and age and go there is there are some problems here and uh, we want to even the hmm? even the smart Aaron Sorkin women all. T- talk exactly the same that's a problem that um when I, I was talking to my husband about some of the Aaron Sorkin characters he's like they all talk the same way he's like there's really very little differentiation between how the characters speak yeah they all talk like they all talk like they all know like like like, 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 like him which is which is not like I I, I always kind of wish I could be as smart and clever of course. As, as an Aaron Sorkin character, because they just, yeah, they, they got t- the and line. And they talk so fast. And they talk so fast, which which is great. But, you know, there is, it does start to, I think with Mark, with the way Eisenberg plays him, which uh, maybe is a little, you know, he's very asocial. There may be some, uh, some he may be on a spectrum of some sort. Maybe, the, like, that has a lot to do with it. And I can't, I cannot speak with any authority to that. I, I, I'm just, 
he, there's this like almost weird way he he handles himself physically, which which is great. That uh, it offers a little more differentiation, but like the Winklevoss and Navendra, they kind of all and they all sort of blend into another, and it's great. We I love listening to it. They're golden boys, literally. Right. They're golden boys, and I love the comment when they're rowing or something. He's like, "No, we're not going to go kick his ass. I know I could kick his ass. <laughs> I'm what." Six five two twenty, and there's two of me. <laughs> yeah, that one. But the thing that was good about this is, like in real life, it's. I mean, people like me at least, because I'm not a golden goddess wasp girl. But you do tend to hate those people. Oh yeah. Unless well, you're one of them, you're like, ugh, and you want to see them go down. However, I really felt for them, and when they talked to the president of Harvard, I really thought he was an asshole. And I thought, oh, yeah, Larry Summers. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because what what the Winklevoss are? They're they're the they're the the inst- They are the institution. They are they're the gatekeepers. They're the ones they're who buildings named after their right. They're, yeah, yeah. They're all they're they're sort of the old school way of thinking. And, La- and Larry Summers, who's the, the the president of Harvard at the time, he's even more old school. So he's just like, like oh, this is a computer thing. Like, we'll just go out and make another computer thing. What do I know? Unaware that the time is uh, the tides are changing, and it is uh, there's a there's a new guard coming, and it's the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world who are going to be taking over. Not the Winklevi, not necessarily, because the Winklevis don't got the skills to make that happen. They need to they, hide, make, they need to hire somebody else like Mark Zuckerberg to make their thing happen, and it doesn't work. But they're self-aware enough, and I'm gonna bring up another line that I like. They're self-aware enough to to be like, look, we don't want to look like we're wearing skeleton costumes chasing Daniel Larusso <laughs> yeah. around, and I'm like. Shout out to the Karate Kid! <laughs> but that they know that they're going to come across like gigantic bullies, right? But uh, but at the same time, they do have rightness on their side. Like they the, do. Like what they what they laid out to Zuckerberg in at the uh, at the the fi- final club. Facebook had that he not met with them. Right. Right. right exactly. Right. And and you go and at at the end, like they, they get the money and it's just a speeding ticket. And you go like at the same time, like they like. I do like there are they are they jerks or do we just not like them because they are those guys the frat boys who are going to go on to work in Wall Street and cr- like crash the economy and, and use all those, those and use those earmuffs on oh, and God, he looks like such a dork. just it's like such really? d-bags like you, like you're predisposed to hate them but they do have le- a legitimate grievance with Zuckerberg, and they, you know, do they get enough money? Sixty-five million is nothing to sneeze at, but out of the billions compared that is Facebook, to. yeah, compared to it's, you know, they, they're every, the the best part is that it's not they aren't they aren't maligning him for no reason. It does like everyone, like everyone has uh, everyone has a grievance. Everyone has their own side of the story. And actually, this is what I this is what I noticed this this time around is that my question is. It's something Rashida Jones um, brings up, and it says that every creation myth needs um, it needs a devil, and depositions are eighty five percent exaggeration. Yes, what's the other fifteen percent perjury? So most of this is told like the the main two thousand three story is essentially we are we learn it's kind of. Uh, from other depositions being read at a deposition. So, 
is what we are seeing in the social network, is this actually what happened? Like, is this the God's honest truth to uh, to all of the events according to uh, to uh, to to the movie narrative? I don't I don't care about whether this is actually what happened or how much they reduced or did mm-hmm. with the actual real story. But in the movie, is what we are seeing is that is that is that the truth, or are we being uh, are we being uh, maybe pulled by multiple narrators here? I really felt like we were definitely pulled by multiple narrators because unlike a lot of other movies, I mean, even in the, in, even in the realistic sense, I never, I, I don't even count it. You know what I mean? I look at it kind of as a work of fiction rather than mm-hmm. reality. Cause I don't think that's the point of the movie at all. I think the point is dealing with the themes and defining what is success. And I was actually planning on getting to that later. So we'll get back to that later. Oh, okay. But, but that you're kind of telling this epic story of success. What is success? What defines success? Mm-hmm. Is it being in the porcelain? Is it being the youngest billionaire? Is it having friends, which we talked about with uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Right. Like Frank Capra would probably label Mark Zuckerberg in this movie as not a winner. Right. He'd <laughs> be, a, he'd be a, what's his face? Mr. Uh... Potter. Potter, yes, Mr. Potter. He'd own yeah. everything, and he'd be miserable. Right. But, yeah, and I, I do feel like it gives such a fair view of all the narrators, because it very easily could have championed one of the characters. Well, no, because you do see, I think Saverin's definitely, like, the hero of the movie. Right. Even though... Well, he's the tragic hero, sort of. He's the tragic hero, but what I liked is that even he is flawed, because had Mark followed Saverin's advice... Facebook wouldn't be what it is. Right. Yeah. Because he was wrong in a lot of what he said. And even though you're rooting for him, he is wrong. Even though you hate Justin Timberlake's character, he is right. Yeah, he's right. But you know, as with as with everything, there is and a there's a way to do things. Right. Which which makes it so so very interesting because you hear Mark's interpretation of of things and then you hear Eduardo's and you hear the Winklevoss they're basically the three they're kind of narrating all the events we see we see a lot of things through their at least one of their eyes for the most part sometimes we cut to you know J, JT and it makes you it just makes you question like what uh, like how are they is everyone exaggerating these things to make themselves feel it is Mark is Mark overcome with like the guilt that he has put his friend through. And so he's trying to soften it a little bit. Is Eduardo like rethinking the aggression he had by this and being like, you know, like I just wanted, I just wanted to help Mark out. And so I, you know, gave him the $18,000 and, and, and whatnot. And, and are the Winklevi, uh, well, who knows what the Winklevi are thinking and I'll, I'll come back, but it's, They're pissed. Uh, they just want, yeah, they but, want their due. They were wronged. They came up with an idea. This little punk, came up with an idea they stole he stole my idea and now they're you know i want my dude yeah but but because because it's all it's all a he said she she said thing like they have emails about like the, their trend their interactions together but like that that meeting still only took place between the four of them with no cameras and no real written record mm-hmm. of it so it does become a well like who is who's telling the truth more about about this particular incident like 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 we see it as it as it lays out 
but that's a it's it, it, we actually learned it's a composite of like multiple different testimonies be like wait no we brought you like we brought you in there and it's, it's and it's a fascinating look at the unreliable narrator it is and the the one thing i really liked especially about that one scene is is not just who do we believe but how they they misrepresented themselves and they all kind of misinterpreted what they said mm-hmm. because when uh, Narenda makes the comment like, dude, we will totally help you like get your social status back. Right. And that in his mind, he's thinking that's so kind of us that we'll help him do that. And that what it's doing that he has no idea that what it's having the effect on Zuckerberg, who's thinking, screw you i don't yeah. need you for anything like thanks for the idea oh exclusive exclusive social media yes thank you I'm and running that with he's that. like i don't need you for anything i don't need you to help me and that so you watch that scene and they think we've got him because we're gonna help him because we're so cool and popular because mm-hmm. there's a fatwa out on you with the girls on campus and he's thinking screw you guys i don't need you for anything all right i can get myself and out so of this how they well. all sort of in their heads they were all thinking all different things after that meeting well yeah because well because uh, yeah and that's what's great about it well because you know if every if every creation myth needs a devil then somebody is posed to stand against that devil and every nobody wants to nobody says like i'm the bad guy of my own story it's like no we're all the heroes of our own story and screw zuckerberg and zuckerberg's like screw the winkle the winkle and and sadly, Eduardo I still laugh lost. when he says that. What the Winklevire really upset about is right. that for once they didn't get their own way, right. and it's true. Even if you, even me, who agreed with the Winklevire, I'm like, he's totally right. They are used to getting everything they want. That they can right. call their dad's in-house counsel. I mean, come on, really? So, uh, Amy, who's who's right here? Who's right? Who's wrong? Is it a, is it a question of right and wrong, or is there some 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 degree I'm missing? And I think the bigger question is who right about what? Okay. Right about what? Because there's so many different things going on. In a way, they are all right, and in a way, they are all wrong. Okay. Zuckerberg and. Tavern. Justin Timber. Oh, Sean, <laughs> Sean Spencer. Sean Spencer, and creative Sean, master. Yes, Sean. Spencer or Parker? I oh, Sean. Remember. Yeah, sorry. Sean Parker. No, Sean Spencer Sean Parker, is way... Okay. Somebody different. Okay. They, Sean Parker. They were totally right in what it would take to make Facebook successful. Right. As much as it looks like Sean Parker, oh, like he like he was just partying and not doing a whole lot. He was the one who said to Zuckerberg, think big. Don't think millions. Think a billion. Keep it cool. Do all those things, which sounds so stupid and trite, especially in the scenes where he's like doing shots or whatever and mm. bragging about himself. However, he was totally right. Yes, he was, which makes it so annoying. But at the same which time, makes it so annoying. Which Justin makes Timberlake, so but we'll get to him. Saverin was a good and loyal friend. Mm-hmm. And I liked and he was good about that. So in Frank Capper's world, he's the successful one. I mean, he he made off with an undisclosed sum of money that and he was sued Zuck for six hundred million dollars. And if he got even a tenth of that, that's sixty million. He probably got way, way more. He probably got more than the Winklevosses. Oh, definitely, probably definitely got more than Winklevosses. So, but that doesn't even. But despite the fact that that's technically what he wanted, I still it just like Zuck for Zuckerberg. I don't think that even the money 
is really all he was after. He was after the whole package. Mm-hmm. The status. The status. You get the first, what was it? Was it first you get the the money, then you get the power, then you get then the women. women. Is that is that how it is? Yes. And Zuckerberg is now happily married and good for him. Blah blah blah. So blah. good for him. But and the Winklevosses, were right, and that yeah, he did basically rip off their idea. Yes, he changed it. Yes, he didn't use their code. He would not have come up with Facebook had he not met with them. Right. Yeah. But the uh, so the idea. All right about certain things. Right. And that and that and that's and that's the the genius of. Be, certainly, the beauty of uh, an Aaron Sorkin uh, script is that he has all very complicated and usually flawed characters who are on the right side of something but the wrong side of a lot of other things, and that is one of the reasons why I think this movie works so well. Is that you can you can you can watch it and specifically root for different characters if you want. You can be like, all right, this is my this is my Zuckerberg watch. This is my Saverin watch through. And I'm just going to focus on what they're doing, what they say and how they feel. And you can you can walk you can walk away with a with a different take on everything because, you know, uh in the end the truth, whatever it is, either doesn't matter or it's so malleable that it could be really whatever we want. Even Rashida at the end, Rashida Jones says as much. You know, she says like, "Oh, I could ask the I can ask the jury." And so, Mark, where were you during that party that uh, Sean Parker got busted at? And that is that is suddenly the narrative. It's all about it's. And he says, "I wasn't even there." She goes, "It doesn't matter." matter. Right. And that's the thing. Whose truth? We right. all have different truths. The truth isn't the same for everybody. Exactly. It's different. It's different for Mark. It's different for Eduardo. Eduardo felt aggrieved. Mark felt like he was like he was Eduardo was a dead weight and being left behind and getting you know talked to by uh, JT. It's all it's 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 a wonderful tempest of um, unreliable narration, really, and and uh, what's what's real and what's what's true, and it doesn't matter, and it's great, and that's why that's why I love it. But you know what does matter. Justin Timberlake. Oh. Uh, we got to talk about Justin Timberlake because I got to say this is perfect casting for Sean Parker because you know why I th- I just assume this is Justin Timberlake playing Justin Timberlake only the darkest timeline version so all of that charm all of that triple quadruple quintuple threat that Justin Timberlake is is being channeled really? for not He's evil like the Winkle vibe and like. That like you kind of want to hate him because his life just seems so golden. Like, if his life was the way his character's life is in the movie, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I'd be like, of yeah. course, all he does is party and get with beautiful women because he's Justin Timberlake. Like, yeah, that's how. Except Justin Timberlake goes to clubs. He's charming. He dances and he gets everything he wants, yeah. and it makes sense. Right, it makes sense. Except Justin Timberlake, by all accounts, is he's a fairly decent dude. Uh, Sean Parker is not that decent. He's uh, he's sleeping. He's uh, you know hitting on interns. Uh, he's boorish. He's providing drugs and alcohol to minors. Right. Stuff he's like that. yeah. He's like he's is he good at what he does? Sure. He's 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 great. But at the same time, he is he is the. He's Mark Zuckerberg as Mark Zuckerberg kind of wants to be. Oh. Like, but just 
10,000%. Yeah, just 10,000% more. He's the next step. He's already, you know, he made Napster. He's already been successful. But still, there's a story that um, Sean Parker tells, that JT tells, about, like, like he wanted to steal this girl away from the the quarterback of uh, his high school team. So he made this program and I, and it just, it harkens back to the first scene with Erica to be, to like that entire opening, uh, the opening moments where you know, talk about the girls and trying, you know, judging them and, and doing them. How this all basically comes back to, it's just, it's all about impressing girls. But the best, the best part of the best part I love about that story is that Mark asks like, so uh, whatever happened to that girl, did you get it? He's like, what girl? Like the one you want to get. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Because like that's what that's how JT that's how Sean Parker saw the thing. It was it wasn't it wasn't about the girl itself. It was about it was more about winning. It was about having yes. the girl as the prize at the end of a fight that nobody had ever even you know rung in for. It's like I didn't like the Winklevosses Winklevi wouldn't even know about Zuckerberg if it were if it weren't for the, weren't for this thing. And like the Winklevi could have gone on completely fine and been successful on in and on their own and they would never have thought about Mark Zuckerberg. And Mark but Mark Zuckerberg is always thinking about the Winklevi. Oh. And that I think and, he, almost, he wanted at the end. It wasn't about a girl, it was about the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> he hated them in everything that they stood for. And I can't blame him because yeah. I hate people like that in real life. Yeah, hate, but also they're but also, but also he, and then they're gonna get a job at their dad's law firm, firm or whatever the hell and they're gonna marry boring skinny blonde girls with no personalities we all know the type we all know the type and they're going to be wildly successful and probably happier than all of us and screw them but at the same yes. time my like, god i want to like i like i want what they have so i can use their powers for good and we all think that's what's going to happen but it doesn't end up we all end up getting corrupted by yeah. it. And it's, they're going to end up being the wolf of wall street they're going to be doing cocaine off a whore's ass or something at the end of every night Woo. They, and does that sound Not so like bad, audience? Does that sound so bad? No, uh, it does. It does sound. You shouldn't. Don't do cocaine. Don't do drugs, folks. No. Don't. Um. So, uh, are you a, are you a technical person at all? Do you understand? Are you computers? Are you a computer? Folks? Uh, it's a relative term. Do I know? Yes. No. Prob- probably no would be a safer answer. All right. How do you think they handle the tech talk here? The tech and the business talk. All it did was make me really... The one thing that really threw me was the math. When they started doing the algorithms on the window, I was like, so this is why this stuff is important. Mm -hmm. Because in high school, it just seemed all abstract. So I'm like, why would I ever have to know how to learn this? I will never be doing this. And it... (laughs) Side note, it's true. I never use any of those things in my everyday life. But this is why I'm not a billionaire. Right. Uh, I I like how they handle the tech talk because uh, Mark sort of narrates over it, and you're like, oh, they're doing math. And what Fincher and Sorkin do, they manage to keep the focus on the relationships. So the tech talk is very secondary. It's necessary, but they they just breeze past it with enough explanation and simplify it in a way that we can all understand without feeling like we're being talked down to. Except when, it, but it, but it's great when Mark talks down to the like other people who are supposed to be tech guys, and he just like he just rips them a new one. I think that's. But they it. did a good job with the tech guys because I do have experience. I dated a computer science major in college who was very Mark Zuckerberg esque. 
But, okay. uh, All right. <laughs> so that just made me, no, but it made me think of that. I'm like, yeah, that is how people like that tend to be. Very analytical, very focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're, we've talked, we've talked a lot here and uh, there is a question I have for you and that is social network network. Stavsky versus Sorkin. Let me hear it. As far as which one I like, I prefer. Yeah, or just... a, yeah. However you want to interpret that. I a hundred years ago when we did our first podcast on Marty. Uh-huh. Sorkin is a great screenwriter. He's amazing. There's yes. no denying it. I think a lot of his characters could be interchangeable. Like the uh, Rashida Jones character could have been played by a man. It wouldn't have made any difference. I think Chayefsky will always be a far superior screenwriter. I think Chayefsky, if he were still alive, could have written The Social Network, and it would have been amazing and wonderful and brilliant. I still don't think Sorkin could have written Marty. I don't think Sorkin can write all like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And even I I remember hearing that he was going to do some um, adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird. Sorkin or Chayefsky? Sorkin for Broadway. Mm. And I had some friends who were really excited about that. And I thought, no, 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 (laughs) no. Sorkin cannot write for children or he could write for Atticus Finch if Atticus Finch was a wasp who went to Harvard. But I don't see him writing. I don't see him writing uh, the Yule family or country folk in Alabama in the 1930s that no, no. <laughs> I'm waving my fingers around okay okay so you're 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 on you're on team, team and Chayefsky. I think that and I think that Chayefsky can also really write well for women and he can write well for different kinds of women he gave us Clara the science teacher very simple very sweet he gave us Diana Christensen who's nuts but she's supposed to be but she's supposed to be and he wrote that amazing monologue for Beatrice Strait in Network where she goes right. off on William Holden, her husband. And like, you know, we've been married forever. And if you can't dig up a little passion for me, screw you. Like yeah. the angry, jilted, hurt pain of this middle-aged, slightly older than middle-aged woman. He wrote for her really, really well. Yes, he did. He, he, and I've yet to see Sorkin do more than just, oh, it's the newsroom. Oh, it's all, it's, it's like all of his characters just in different settings. Pretty much. Pretty and much. he does well. And he does he it well. He's not like some hack, crappy writer. But yes, they're all lawyers. They're all liberal. They all work for the White House. You know, uh, the guy from the newsroom, Jeff Daniels' character easily could have been like oh guess what he wrote for the newsroom oh now he's the uh reporter for the white house and the west wing (laughs) and he could have done that and he could have they could have switched you know what i mean or maybe martin sheen's character could have then gotten a job as an editor or editorialist on the newsroom yeah yeah because they're all the same they are kind of all the same they're they're beautiful and brilliant and uh I I I do go back and forth between this because at the same time, uh, network is there is so much there is like Sorkin speechifies, but God's sake, Chayefsky can speechify to the point where I'm like, this is like Sorkin has 
hyper real dialogue, but Chayefsky is almost it's almost like going into like no like no human in the world is saying certainly in network there's so much speechifying and I love it but you make very compelling points in that all around it is it is Chayefsky although Sorkin uh, has room to grow and certainly time I think uh, but I do think uh, I do think that you know Sorkin owes Sorkin does owe a lot to Chayefsky for this because this is this is network this is Marty uh, this is about a guy who sees that the world is wrong albeit through a very twisted prism and can't get into a particular club and he is tries like mad to to go ahead and change that uh, for better and, uh, and he wants to break out of his his role yeah he's mad he's mad as hell you know as, as it were he's a, it's a man tra- man trapped and both uh, both Chesky and Sorkin are very good at writing uh, characters who are penned in uh, through forces either of their own making or certainly forces outside of their own control that uh make, makes it great but you know what the best you know what the best part about the chayevsky versus sorkin question is that we have both we have both yeah. in our lives sorkin's still still writing for sure but you can always go back and watch all of uh, patty chayevsky's work and be amazed by that and definitely see the the very one-to-one the a to b line that is Chayefsky and then Sorkin, Sorkin there, uh, and it, you know, audience, what do you think? Is it, is it uh, has the student sur- surpassed the teacher, or will the teacher always reign supreme? I'm very curious because it can it can go either way. I can see it going going either way. So, and I can too, and I don't begrudge. I don't begrudge. I feel like I dump on Aaron Sorkin a lot just because everybody I know like absolutely loves all of his things, and I really don't mean to. But if you compare, and also that everything has to be done at that fast. Pace, and you look at the opening scene with Erica and Mark Zuckerberg, and then you look at Marty and Angie sitting there with the, "Hey, what do you want to do tonight?" Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want to do? That to me, from 1955, is so much more real than, "Oh, did you know that there's this many geniuses in, in, in all of yeah. China and the porcelain?" Yeah, I'm convinced. You have convinced me. So, uh, last question to you, Amy. Should the Social Network have won Best Picture in 2010? I'm still going to go with no. I think it's a great movie. But now I've seen also more of 2010. I have watched The Fighter Mm -hmm. since then. And I'm still... I'm not convinced it was a Social Network. Are you convinced? I liked the King's Speech... But I think over time, the one that to me stands out the most and that I hear more people talking about is Inception, which was not my personal favorite of the year at all. I wouldn't have picked it as my favorite. Okay. But right. it's 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 a lot better than I thought it was. But I don't think I'd give it best picture. Okay. Well, I have to uh, respectfully disagree with you again. Uh when when we when we talked about uh, the King's speech, I said like I think the Social Network should have won, but it'd been a while since I saw it. After seeing the Social Network, I'm like, I'm I actually felt that anger again. I'm like, why the motherfucking King's speech <laughs> beat this? Are you kidding me? We actually have a question from Twitter. Uh, Kevin hey. J- Kevin Jacobson at at Kevin Jacobson asks, Do you think the Social Network could have won Best Picture if it came out? in one of these past few years with the influx of younger voters who have helped select less conventional films like Moonlight and The Shape of Water. 
Kevin, thank you for the question. And yes, I do think this film would have worked better with uh, certainly after all of the uh, the outrages and uh, and and all of the the more shall we say prog- progress that the academy has made in terms of membership. Because this is a movie that is it is uh, the David going up against the Goliath that is was the academy that was rep- like embodied by the King speech. And uh, if it had just been released a couple years later, I think it could have it could have knocked something else out. It could have it like if you put this up against Birdman, I should, I think I think this could have taken out Birdman handily. And I and I enjoy Birdman still, but it it it, it, it falls apart. Social Network has only gotten stronger in my eyes in terms of uh, you know, yes, it has the the relevancy to like what's happening with Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and how we how we approach truth. And uh, social media, but also like there is that this ancient theme, this, this world myth theme of uh, you know friendship and betrayal. That's like you know you'd find at home in a Shakespeare. Greek yeah, Shakespeare or Greek tragedy. It's um, and but ultimately, you know what you know what I think really helps is that the dialogue, for maybe as unreal as it is, is so good in this movie that I I, I think that will help really. Solidify this as uh, as one of the great movies of this particular decade, and uh, I I I truly think uh, one of the top films of 2010 itself. So, that's me. That's that 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 is that is what I think. Kevin, thank you for your answer. Uh, your question. Uh, you have been listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. Thanks for thanks for joining in. This was a this was a this was a doozy. Uh, next week, uh, I'm happy to say we're spending our last last film in 2010. We're doing another four-year re- reconsideration, the Darren Aronofsky film Black Swan. Thank you all. Also known as Bitches Be Crazy. Also known as that working title. Thank you all for <laughs> voting for which film to do next. We appreciate that. We'll have another one up for you soon. In the meantime, you have been listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. You can drop us a line at OscarWatchPodcast at gmail.com and be sure to find us on social media at OscarWatchPod. Amy, where can folks find you? Athomason11 on Twitter. On Twitter. And until next time, we'll see you on the right conference.